morning. Morning. Morning, everyone. Morning. Hi, everyone. Oh, you can hear me. Do you want to take your seats? We're going to make a start. <clears throat> Hi, my name's Phil, if you don't know me. Thanks for that, Dan. <laughs> so we're going to start this uh, preach. So we're preaching today, Luke 5. We're carrying on in Luke. And we're going to start in chapter 5. Um, I'm going to start with a question. Uh, who do you follow on social media? No one. no one. Wow. Any other answers? Who do you follow? Anyone? Anyone? Gone. Jesus. <laughs> well, that's my preach right there. So well done. That is the answer to the question. I thought, I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot. So I'm, I'm a, a cameraman by trade, and I've been recently working on a, uh, a, a show called um, Celebrity SAS, which is where they get celebs to go through a really grueling uh, special forces course to see if they're tough enough to be in the SAS. And um, lots of uh, ex-sports uh, people and lots of reality TV stars. And we had uh, Marnie Simpson uh, a couple of weeks ago. We were interviewing him, her, and I didn't really know who Marnie Simpson was, uh, and told my director such, and he's like, oh, no, she's, um, she's from um, Geordie Shaw and some other kind of reality TV shows. And it was a big coup to have her on the show because she's got six million followers on social media. Six million. I was like, wow, that's quite, that's quite a lot, right, six million. And he got me thinking, well, I wonder... Well, firstly, how many have I got? And, and also, uh, who's got the most? So I thought we'd do a quick chart as a way of introduction, right? Okay, so well, I need a pen, hang on. So, I've got some people on here, and I hope you can all see. So there's Marnie down there with six million. Look at these, that, that some of these are up here, 400 million, 500, uh, over here. <laughs> We've got Rishi Sunak <laughs> down here with uh, just over 2 million. We've got the Pope here at 7.8. Well done, Pope. More than money. And then let's move across. So these two here, this, as you might, you might imagine, this guy has quite a few followers. Donald Trump, 148 million followers. And we've got Elon Musk there at 147 million followers and we've got Beyonce over here I can't write her name properly and then here coming up to the top here we've got this is Taylor Swift with 400 million followers and we've got uh, The Rock Johnson here the actor with 434 million for right, it's quite interesting, right? And then over here at the very top, 480, anyone want to take a hazard a guess? It's Ronaldo, well done. Cristiano Ronaldo, the footballer, has 480 million followers. Isn't that nuts? And then I thought, well, how about uh, we compare it to uh, Jesus? And uh, I had to make, so it's the same scale, but I had, to, I had to kind of change things a bit here. Um, 
here we go. There we go. So here's, here's um, Ronaldo just here. And here we go, all the way up here. All the way up past 1 billion to 1.5, 2 billion. Let's carry this on here, right to the top. 2.6 billion followers. We've got Jesus. Yeah, come on now. Amazing. And that's just people who are alive today, right? We're not taking into account those over the centuries who've also followed him. So as you might imagine, uh, the title to my preach is Follow Jesus. Um, and we're going to read. Let's read. Because the other answer to this question, although there's uh, 2.6 billion followers of Jesus in the world today, the other answer to the question, how many followers did Jesus have? You could say 12, just 12. That's how many followers he had at the beginning. So we're going to look now and see how he got those first few followers. So if you turn in your Bibles or your Bible apps to Matthew 5, we're going to read from verse 1. Matthew 5. I'm sorry, Luke 5. Thank you. (laughs) One day... As Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, which is another name for Lake Galilee, by the way. The people were crowding around him and they were listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little from shore. And he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. And when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've been working hard all night and we've caught nothing. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they'd done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help. And they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the Jesus' knees and he said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished by the catch of fish they'd taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish people. So they pulled their boats up on shore and they left everything and they followed him. Amen. So title of the preach, Follow Jesus, and we've got three headings for your notes if you want. We're kind of going to take it in kind of um, location, I guess. So the water's edge and then in the boat and then back on land. And I've given them each a W. So we've got word We've got wonder, and we've got walk. So we're going to start with word. So Jesus was preaching to a huge crowd. He'd taken his teaching out of the synagogue, essentially. He was in the synagogue, if you remember, in the last chapter, where he read from Isaiah, claiming that he was the Messiah, and they tried to kill him. And now he's preaching outside to regular folk. And it says in verse 2, he saw at the water's edge two boats, and he got into one of the boats, and he, and, and he, and he went out, and he, 
he sat down. Now, I always thought when I, when I read this that I used to think that he sat down because you're in a boat, right? And it's quite hard <laughs> to stand up in a boat for any length of time. Uh, so he sat down. But actually, that's not the case. In, in, in Hebrew, so in, in um, Greek culture, you stand up to teach, like what I'm doing now and, and what uh, uh, teachers do in classrooms. But in Hebrew culture, you sit down to teach. So when Jesus sat down in the boat, it's a way of saying, right, I'm going to teach. I'm going to teach from the word of God. And there were so many people crowding in that he had to literally make like an, an amphitheater kind of thing. A bit like this, I guess. So he needed to get away from the people because they were crowding in. And why were there so many people? Because it's, because it's Jesus, right? And he's sharing the word of God. But not only is he sharing the word of God, he is himself the word of God. In John, at the beginning of John's gospel, it says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So not only is he, t- I know that, that, that Luke doesn't mean it as a pun, but I, I think it's important to point out that not only is he teaching from the word of God, he is himself the word of God. So of course people are going to be crowding around, wanting to hear what he's going to, to say, because they're hungry for the word of God. They're hungry to hear what Yahweh, their God, who's promised the Messiah for thousands of, of, of years, um, they want to hear what he's going to say. And so I guess the first point this, this morning, big point, is are you also hungry for the word of God? It's a good place to be, right? When was the last time you were properly hungry or properly thirsty? And I'm quite thirsty now. Got a dry mouth because I'm, you know, adrenaline's kicking in. We need to be hungry and thirsty for the word of God. And you might say, well, it's, it was easy back then because they, they, had act, they actually had Jesus there in front of them. Uh, Jesus is here today. He's literally here, both through his spirit. We were worshipping earlier. What an amazing time of, of worship. Thank you, band. I really felt Jesus in the worship. And he's here through his Holy Spirit as well. If you, if you are a Christian here today and you, and, and you said yes to Jesus, then the Holy Spirit comes with you. And Jesus is here. He's in the Bible. So I think we need to get hungry for the word of God. And we have to recognize as well, I think in the same way that sometimes you don't recognize when you're, you're tired and things start to go wrong. I think sometimes we, we forget to recognize that we are, that our souls are parched, that we're we need some word of God. I mean, I know it can happen to me if I end up looking on Facebook and I start scrolling, you know, and half an hour's gone or, or whatever, or if I'm watching TV for too long or if I'm dealing with my children. Oh, not, not that, they are, you know, yeah, every parent gets that a little bit right. Or if you're at work and you're dealing with a difficult colleague, your, your soul feels parched. And what do we do? We should go and spend some time with God. Go and spend some time in his word. I mean, Matt was talking about that in, in the um, devotionals this week. Just go away like Jesus did. Every morning he went to a quiet place, didn't he? And that's what we, that's what we need to do. We have to recognize that we get thirsty. And Simon was there too. And he was listening too. And I, I, I was thinking, did, was it a coincidence that um, Jesus chose Simon's boat or was it just a random? Was it just random that, that Simon's boat was there? 
Well, no, because in, in the previous chapter, he'd been at Simon's house. And he'd, and he'd healed his mother-in-law in his own house. He was healing lots of people. I don't think it's any coincidence. There was no chance involved that he picked Simon's house at all. Um, so I, um, I've met some fishermen. Well, I've met lots of fishermen. But I mean, I've met some actual fishermen who slightly resemble these fishermen. I, I was doing some filming in Dar es Salaam. In Tanzania, and there were these fishermen who would have proper old-fashioned boats and proper old-fashioned nets, um, and they would go out. So we filmed them when they were on on the shore, and they were and they were literally they were genuinely sat on the floor chatting and fixing their nets. And we were filming them with beautiful, colourful boats and houses behind it. It was very beautiful. And afterwards, I, I I wanted to thank. So I went up to the guy who was a bit of a bigger character than the rest of them, and I shook I shook his hand. Um, and his hand, oh my gosh, the calluses on his hands were incredible. And I know my, I have slight ones from picking up cameras, and Milo, my son, has much bigger ones from rock climbing. But this guy, his hand was like a, it's like a spade. It was, it was incredible. It was so tough. And his feet, you could see, because they didn't wear shoes, their, their, their feet were like car tires, right? They were tough guys. And these are the people that Jesus chose to follow him, just regular folk doing their job. And um, I, think, uh, I think that's the same for all of us today, right? We're just regular folk. Not many of us were considered wise or of, of much importance, doesn't it, before we were chosen. And I think he chooses us all this morning. I think, don't think there's any coincidence that any of you are here this morning, Jesus needs to speak to you this morning about this, to encourage you to follow him. And I think also um, that, let me just find my place in my notes. What happens after that? So, oh, that's right. Um, Simon uh, is asked by Jesus to put out a little bit in the boat. Right? Interesting that he asks rather than tells, isn't it? And when he's finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. So section two, which is wonder in the boat. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water, let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. So Jesus is... The son of a carpenter is telling a, a, a fisherman, um, a fisherman who's fished those waters all his life and is probably the son of a fisherman who's fished those waters all of his life to go fishing. They know the tides, they know the weather, they know the humidity, they know everything, they know the seasons, they know everything about that lake to uh, catch fish. And yet Jesus says, come on. We're going out to catch fish. And you can kind of hear that in, in, um, in Simon's reply, can't you? He says, uh, uh, he says, we've worked hard all night and we've caught nothing. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And there's a massive point for us here as well. I, I think Jesus, I think, um, I mean, it's a bit like me uh, going to, to Steve, Steve Hansford, who works in the police, like, 
Steve, I can, I, can, uh, I can drive your bike today and go and uh, stop the traffic, you know, no problem, be fine. Right, you'll think, don't do that properly. Or it's like me going to, to, to Liz with her, with her children with special needs. All right, Liz, I got this. I can, uh, I can look after them all day, no problem. Right, you realize that we, we've all got skills, yeah? And, and um, I think we can have a, a pride in those, and I think we can do them without... Jesus in the boat. There's, there's, a, there's a danger there that we try and do them. We, and we need to be reminded again and again that we need to have Jesus in the boat with us. And sometimes it feels like we've done it again and again and again and nothing's happened and nothing has happened good. We've been at it. Come on, we've been at it all night. Do you really want me to do that again? <sighs> you know, like, uh, okay, so I always... Well, not always. I sometimes argue with my sister on the phone. And, uh, okay, but because you say so, Lord, I will phone her again. Or if I, uh, I, I, whenever I talk to that colleague or that manager, I always come away feeling like, a bit like that, right? But because you say so, Lord, I will, I will try again. Just take God into that situation and I think we can, that can happen also, not just with our, with our jobs, but with our actual characters as well. I think sometimes we can have pride in our... That's what we're talking about, really. We're talking about pride, yeah, that we need to confess. Um, we can have pride in our circumstances. You don't know what it's like being me. It's really tough being me. You don't know what's happened in my childhood. You have no idea about this problem I've got, about that problem I've got. How, how dare you... If, if you want to say like, Jesus, tell me what to do. And we need to confess that pride and say, but because you say so, Jesus, I will let, let down the nets. We need to come to him and confess that we, um, we need him in our lives, right? That's pride, thinking that we can do it without him. And we can't. We absolutely can't. And what happens? They go... And they fish, because you say so, I'll let down the nets. And I think he does it because he knows that there's something different about Jesus. He's seen him heal people from the sick already. He knows that there's something different about this Jesus. And I just want to remind you all today, there is something different about Jesus, this man who was both fully man and fully God. We can trust him. We can trust him to do that. And then what happens? Well, they caught such a large number of fish, verse 6 and 7. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they both came and they both filled the boat so much that they began to sink. So much fish. What a miracle. And I think it's important also to point out that Jesus did a miracle about fish to fishermen. The people that know everything about fish. I love that. I think that's fantastic. Jesus has, not only is he a carpenter's son, but he has authority over the fish. He has power over the fish, right? He was there in the beginning when those fish were created. He is the ultimate fish, the fisherman of all fishermen. He is the, the cameraman of all cameramen. He is the, the pastor of all pastors. He's the, the policeman of all policemen. He's the teacher of all teachers. He is the ultimate 
man that ever lives. And we need to trust him, we need to follow him, we need to remember again how amazing he is. How many of these, those people down there know anything about you at all? Nothing. I mean, Marnie's probably forgotten that she's even met me. We talked a little bit, but not much. Jesus knows everything about you. Everything. Absolutely everything. Even before you were born, it says in Psalm 139, he knew you when you were in your mother's womb. That's how well he knows you. Don't, don't bother with them. You need to follow this guy. Right? Amazing. What an amazing miracle to catch that many fish. It is a, a miraculous catch. It really is. And then what does Simon, what does he do? Going to do it. What does Simon do? Oh, excuse my knees. He gets down on his knees. At Jesus, sorry, at Jesus' knees. He falls down at Jesus' knees and he says, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. And that's, that's a correct response. In, in, the, in the presence of Jesus, that is the right thing to do. To fall down and realize, realize that we're just sinful people. Such power. It's not Jesus saying to Simon... You're a sinful man. It's, it's Simon realizing in the presence of such power and almighty authority and, and, and grace and all of those things that Jesus brings. It's him realizing in the presence of that that he is a sinful man. And, you know, I, I, I'm doing all right, I guess. I've got a job. I'm doing my best to be a good dad and a good husband and a good cameraman and I'm doing all right, you know. But if I, if I stand next to Jesus, I need to be on my knees, absolutely on my knees, realizing his ultimate authority over everything, his ultimate power over everything, his ultimate love for us. He loves us as children. We sang about that before, didn't we? He loves us so much. This is the same Jesus who heals the sick. It's the same Jesus who caught that miraculous catch. It's the same Jesus who was transfigured with Moses and Elijah on the hill that's, that's here today. It's the same Jesus who persuaded Zacchaeus to come out of the tree, and the tax collector, and change his life around. It's the same Jesus who rose, uh, I was going to say, sorry, who, who, who raised Lazarus from the dead. And then it's the same Jesus who's here today who himself rose again from the dead. Amazing. That's the, that's that's him right here, right? The fragrance of him is here today. Holy Spirit come. Would you be in in this in this building today? Would we remember again the wonders of what you've done, the miracles that you've done, the love that you that you have for us. And then there's Simon on the floor on his knees thinking how awful he is compared to Jesus. And what's Jesus' response? What does he say? Verse 10. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It's okay. And secondly, and this is where we go into our final section of the preach, he says, come with me. Come with me. 
and I'll make you fishers of men. Just like you're fishing for fish here, I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. Will you journey with me, says Jesus. And it's important to say first and foremost, Jesus doesn't say, it's okay, Simon, I'll, I'll go with you. No, he says to Simon to come with him. He says, come walk with me. And I think sometimes we lose that a little bit as Christians. We can fall into the trap. I think uh, Izzy was praying a couple of weeks ago, using Jesus like God, like a tool to do what we want him to do. We want God to walk with us, alongside us, and help us with things, which he does do, but it's always secondary to that first call, which is to follow him. We are supposed to walk with him, walk in his ways. He says, come, follow me, learn from me, do as I do. We're here on this earth for Jesus. We really are. I mean, I know, I, I do, I know Christians who have stopped being Christians because they say, if, if, if God loved me, then he wouldn't let that happen. If God's really with me, then he wouldn't let this happen. And that's a whole other preach. But I would say, firstly, ultimately, no, God's not with you. You're with God. You're walking with God. That's where we need to be this morning. We need to be walking with God. And then that leads on to what Jesus said. He says, you'll become fishers of men. If we want to be fishers of men, if we want to spread the word of Jesus, if we want to influence people around us, like these guys down here, or get, get followers, for Jesus, whatever you want to say it, you've got to be following Jesus first and foremost. If you want to be an influencer and influence those around you, then you need to follow the ultimate influencer, the ultimate man who ever lived, who is the only man who ever lived, who is God, and let him influence you. So we need to look to Jesus. And then for those who don't know this this morning, once you've got Jesus, once you recognize Jesus as king, once you have Jesus in the right place, I would say, in charge of your life, you say, yes, yes, Jesus, I want to ask you into my heart this morning. I want you to be my king and my savior. I believe that you've died for me. Once you've got that, your boats are going to fill with fish, right? He's going to bless you. He really is going to bless you. But you need to do that first. You need to fall on your knees and say, I am a sinful man. I'm a sinful woman. In the presence of you, Jesus, I cannot stand. And then Jesus in turn comes and says, don't, don't be afraid. It's all right. I love you. I died for you. I died for you. Come, follow me. Follow me. And we can also use social media to attest to, to Jesus, I guess. But first and foremost, we have to get to know him. We have to spend time with Jesus. If you really want to serve, invest, and invite, then you, you need to be motivated to do that. Motivated by the son of the living God who caught thousands and thousands of fish. And uh, when Jesus died, he had hundred. 20 followers in the upper room um, when they all thought it was going wrong. And then what happens on Pentecost? And Peter, Simon, same guy, he preaches, doesn't he? And 3,000 people come to know Jesus. Amen. So can you see yourself? 
We're going to finish up now if the band want to come up. Um, can you see yourself on this bar chart? Are you in here somewhere? Somewhere in here, yeah? Following Jesus. And if you're not, I can, I can add you up here this morning if you want. 2.6 billion and, and one. If you want to give your life to Jesus this morning, you can. If you want to follow Jesus this morning. If you want to dedicate your life again to Jesus this morning and, and, and say, oh, yeah, I've kind of been using you a little bit as a, you know, helping hand. But I want to say this morning again. I mean, I was chatting with Steve just before the service and we were talking about, about Jesus being Lord. Not just Savior, but Lord. And he, and he said, and he said, uh, he said yeah, you, you, you kind of have to, you have to bin a load of stuff is the phrase that he, he chose to use. You've got to bin a load of stuff. It's very easy for this, this parable to, 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 uh, to be turned into a blessings parable. If you follow Jesus, then that's how many fish, that's how many fish you'll get, right? But what happens at the very end? What do they, what do, they do? Well, they just leave it. They leave all the fish. They leave their boats. They leave everything, and they follow Jesus. Just imagine how much money they could have got if they'd taken all that fish to market. I bet they, they never had a catch like that. A catch that literally started to break the nets and started to sink the boats. That's how much it, it must have meant to them. But again, next to Jesus, doesn't matter. We've got to follow Jesus. We've got to put him first. So why don't we respond in worship and remember again how incredible this Jesus is. Amen. Move that for you.